1000 rings, 1000 rings, 1000 rings. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Top 1000 Radio. I'm your host, Chris Naren, and this is episode number 29, song battle number 28. All right, let's get to the news and reviews. Well, you know, the news is we are welcoming even more new listeners every day. And uh, as they say, you know, it's humbling, but it's really not. Uh, when people say it's humbling, you know, they, uh, you know, let's say you sell a million records and, you know, you get up to make your little speech or whatever and, and you say, oh, this is humbling. Um, nobody has ever been humbled by selling a million records, okay, or winning a Grammy or uh, anything like that. What they mean is, is they're like, I don't really understand what's happening right now. I don't know how I sold a million records. I don't know why I won this Grammy. They put me in this room and made me sing and, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it happens to be, or you get elected to an office. I'm humbled to have been elected, you know, no, you're not. <laughs> if you have the ego to run for office in the first place, uh, there's nothing humbling about getting elected. Okay, um, but what? Yeah, what they mean is usually by that is like I have no idea what's happening right now. Um, but uh, I'm flattered that so many people um, have listened to the show. Um, if you listen once and then stop listening, um, you're probably not hearing me right now. Um, and that's fine, <laughs> you know, go, go on your merry way. But if you're a repeat listener, I am really flattered by that. Um, that is fantastic. And I am glad everyone is here. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for following. Thanks for rating the show. Five stars. Uh, if you can follow, share and rate, please do. Uh, if you know music people, you know, musical people, uh, big shout out to all my VVC uh, friends, uh, who were, uh, participate in the music program. I didn't get to see the concert yesterday, uh, but I heard it was fantastic. And I know a lot of people in that program and it's really good. If you live near a community college and they have a music program, check them out. Cause sometimes they put on fantastic concerts and performances and it's usually free. And, uh, you know, some of the some of the coolest live music, you know, is it, you know, going going to a, a concert to see a band is one thing, you know, that's fun. We all like to do that, uh, but um, you know, if you were looking for some, something a little bit of a different experience, you know, go go see a, a concert put on by a local community college music program. Okay, so uh, anyway, if you know people like that, trivia buffs, uh, music fans in general. Fans of genuine imitation radio, like what we do here, uh, tell them about Top 1000 Radio. Uh, start with episode 15, so as you can understand what's going on here. Um, a little new thing here we got. Uh, you can now access the actual list as it's in progress. I have uh, posted it at top1000radio.blogspot.com. That's T-O-P, the number 1000, 1000 radio.blogspot.com okay once again top 1000 radio all one word dot blogspot.com and at the top of the page you'll see the the challengers list uh, from where uh, we generate the challengers poll scroll down and you'll see the list uh, with the scoring as of today actually i think uh it's listed as the scoring as of yesterday uh, and i'll update it weekly 
So, um, so you can go there and you can, um, check out the list and see what, what songs are on it, what songs might come up, um, that kind of thing. And, and, and this way you can see a little bit how the sausage is made because, um, you know, I grouped all the, the, the songs together by band with some little, you know, there, there's some little anomalies in there. Um, but, uh, uh, what I, I what I would like to see is, is some of you guys making lists. Okay. I'd like to see some of you try the method and then you, you know, you, it's really super easy to start a, a, a blog spot blog, you know, that, that where you can just put your list on there and that's, you know, you don't even have to, you don't have to write a blog post every day or anything like that. You just put your list on there and make changes to it. You know, it's, it's super, super easy to do. Um, but I'd like to see um, if anyone out there listening would, would like to give the method a try. Okay. Eventually I would like to see these, you know, I want to, I want to start a movement. No, I don't I mean, you know, <laughs> who doesn't want to start a movement, right? Okay. Anyway, uh, the next thing I want to get to is I didn't really want to do this, but I guess I, I kind of do. I mean, if I didn't want to do it, I wouldn't be doing it. So there you go. Um, there's this show, this, uh, series, limited series on Amazon prime called Daisy Jones and the six. Okay. And I saw my, uh, one of my favorite drummers, Mike Portnoy, he was, uh, get, he was all excited about it. Now, if you plan to watch Daisy Jones and the six, you might want to skip ahead. Uh, you might want to fast forward this part. I don't, I don't think I'm going to give a ton of spoilers really. And there really aren't any spoilers in it. But if you, if you think that you might like the show, um, and don't want, don't want your enthusiasm ruined by my review, um, then you might want to skip if you're, you know, on the fence and thinking, ah, I don't know if I want to, you know, uh, you know, dedicate the time to watch this thing. I don't think I might like it. Well, go ahead and listen to my review and I might save you some time. Okay. So here's my Daisy Jones and the six review. And I wasn't, I wasn't going to watch the show. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what, well, Elvis's granddaughter being in it kind of is like, okay, I'll give it a shot, you know? Um, all right, so here's my review of the show. Daisy Jones and the Six is a fictional account of a 70s-era band loosely patterned after Fleetwood Mac and the relationship between Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks, and very, is very loosely based. All right, stars Elvis Presley's granddaughter, Riley Key, and some other actors whose names, who cares? Um, the, the interview format is cringe. The way the, 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 the show is structured in kind of an interview format, uh, and then, you know, flashbacks, it's really cringe because the interviews are cringe. Okay. There's lots of stuff about the interviews that are cringe. Like, uh, the way they, the way they age them. Okay. Timothy Oliphant. He's one of my, he's one of my favorite actors. Okay. Justified is awesome. Um, gosh, he was in, uh, he was in the Mandalorian, I think, or Boba Fett or one of those. Um, he's just a, I think, fantastic actor, but they, they, you know, he plays their tour manager and they, to age him, they give him the worst looking wig you've ever seen. And they put a scarf around his neck and it's like one of those, you know, kind of pretentious looking, it's just so dumb. And everybody else, they, they, they just age them so, so pathetically that, that, uh, it, it's really cringe, but, um, 
It reminds me of three bad TV series that Aaron Sorkin created. Aaron Sorkin's the guy who created uh, The West Wing, which is a good show and it's entertaining. Um, I haven't finished it. Um, I think I'm through season three. I used to do these, uh, my old my old podcast, I used to do these uh, West Wing problematicals. You know, enough said about that, but um, it's, it's an entertaining thing, and Aaron Sorkin is really good at writing dialogue. However... Um, these three series that he made back in the, I guess the truth, early 2000s, late nineties, maybe one was called sports night. One was called studio 60 on the sunset set strip it was supposed to be kind of like a Saturday night live thing. And then, a, a kind of a political, uh, by bi- a fictional biography of a president called Jack and Bobby. It wasn't the, the, the Kennedys, but it was like a fictional thing. I think Bradley Cooper was in that, but um, uh, they all kind of used that that interview format, and they were cringe for that reason. I watched them, okay, because I watch a lot of garbage, um, and I think I probably enjoyed Sports Night in Studio sixty at the time. And then you try to you go back and try to watch them, and they're unwatchable. Um, Jack and Bobby, um, you know, it was. It was kind of compelling, but again, that that interview style that they do is just to me, it's it's just really cringy. Um, the the in Daisy Six, these interview segments are poorly written, they're poorly acted, and they're contrived. Okay, if you don't know the difference between contrived and inspired, okay, contrived is you're you're faking inspiration. Okay, and that's what that's what that that how it came down for me. Uh, the music is aggressively forgettable. There's no thing that thing you do in this movie. There, you know, that thing you do with Tom Hanks and uh, some other people. <laughs> uh, those were good songs. Those were well crafted songs that um, you know someone. I don't. I probably should research who wrote those songs. But even the the like they they do little snippets of other songs in, in that besides the the title track. And even those are more memorable than anything in Daisy Jones. It's sad because there actually are songwriters out there right now who can write the kind of hooks and melodies that would have made this movie more believable. Right? You were supposed to believe this is the biggest band in the world in 1976 or whenever it was set. And the songs are just, just middle of the road, nothing catchy to them. Nothing memorable about them. There was a little-known Ron Howard movie from 1978 about a high school garage band starring Charles Martin Smith. Uh, he's been in a ton of stuff. If you've ever seen the movie The Untouchables with Kevin Costner, Charles Martin Smith is the little kind of bald-headed guy, the accountant that comes up with the idea of you know, getting Al Capone on tax evasion, that guy. He was in a movie called Cotton Candy, directed by Ron Howard. Um, and it has music in it that I still remember to this day. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I saw it sometime in the 80s, but still, that's thir- at least 35, almost 40 years ago. Um, and then there was a, a, a com- almost completely unknown indie film from 1998 called Bandwagon that had songs in it I can still hear in my head. Okay, so there's no excuse. <laughs> Daisy Jones had Amazon money. They had Reese Witherspoon resources. All right. I finished the show a week ago and I can't remember a note. 
from any of the songs. All right. So if you want to see Riley Key, Elvis's granddaughter, granddaughter in a good film, check out Logan Lucky, starring uh, I think it's Channing Tatum, and as as the the lead role. It's got him. It's got um, oh Dart, uh, the guy from Star Wars, the new Star Wars movies, the bad guy. Oh gosh, what's his name? Anyway, um, it, you know the, it's a it's a good redneck movie. It's it's reminiscent of kind of like smoking the bandit it's actually kind of like an elvis film like one of those madcap capers except you know it's well written it's perfectly cast it's got daniel craig in it as a as a bomb making uh expert who's in jail and they have to get him out of jail it's it's, it's hilarious stuff um it's enthusiastically performed and it's about as in tune with heartland culture as you're ever going to find okay it's very it's very like it's like you know it's a delightful movie Right? And she and she blend she does the hardest thing I think for an actor to do in that movie, and that is to blend in and stand out at the same time. Okay, whereas in Daisy Jones, she mostly just annoys. Okay, all right. With that being said and done, let's go ahead and get into our song facts. Keeping It Small Town by Jason Aldean from his ninth studio album, Nine, in 2019. It was written by Jaron Boyer, Ben Hayslip, and Morgan Wallen. Not released as a single. Bohemian Rhapsody from the 1975 album A Night in the Opera, Night at the Opera. Queen's six-minute suite consisting of several sections without a chorus. An intro, a ballad segment, an operatic passage, a hard rock, and reflective coda. The song is more accessible, a more accessible take on the 1970s progressive rock genre. It was the most expensive single ever made at the time of its release. It reached number nine on the charts in 1976 and number two in 1992 following its Wayne's World Renaissance. A Face in the Crowd, the fourth single from Tom Petty's first solo album, Full Moon Fever, 1990. It peaked at number 46. The album, Full Moon Fever, though a solo record, was actually a collaboration with all the members of the Heartbreakers except drummer Stan Lynch. Jeff Lynn of ELO shared producer duties with Tom Petty and Mike Campbell. George Harrison and Roy Orbison contributed to the record as well. Song Sung Blue from 1972's Mood, Neil Diamond's eighth studio album. Inspired by the second movement of Mozart's Piano Concerto No. 21, 
It's his second number one hit. The song spent 12 weeks in the top 40. It was nominated for two Grammy Awards in 1973, losing to Roberta Flack's rendition of Ewan McCall's song, The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face. You take the blues and make a song You sing them out again We want information 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 Who are you? The new number two who is number one? You are number six. I am not a number. I am a free man. <laughs> The Prisoner from Iron Maiden's third studio album, Number of the Beast, 1982. Inspired by the British TV show of the same name and features dialogue from its title sequence, the band's manager, Ron Smallwood, had to telephone Patrick McGowan to ask permission to use audio clips for the song and was extremely hesitant during his conversation with whom Smallwood himself described as a real bona fide superstar actor. McGowan was reported to have said, What did you say the name was? A rock band, you say? Do it. Iron Maiden later made another song based on the series, Back in the Village, from 1984's Power Slave. Okay, that's going to do it for our song notes. Let's get into our reviews from the Council of Learned Elders. All right, we are going to start with Artilla. We've got two, actually, today. we got a new Council of Learned Elders member uh, coming up after Artillo. Um, no Emo Sean review today, uh, but he will, uh, he will be back. Um, I think he's got to get his helium tank uh, uh, refilled and um, his pants retightened, so... He'll be back. Um, all right, so this is from Artillo. Artillo gives Keeping a Small Town a two. Man, I would I would totally ride with this song. Literally, I'll, I'll play it in the car sometime, not just today. Or just not today. <laughs> and Artillo gives Bohemian Rhapsody a five. You know a song is rock solid when it still sounds epic when performed by the Muppets or, of course, a rubber chickens. Uh, this is a time-proven masterpiece. Would it be fair for me to bump it down just because I'm listening to it with ears that have already been so seasoned with its ridiculous blend of spices? Don't worry, Queen. I ain't going to do that. Do you like that? A face in the crowd gets a four, a solid four. Okay, this thing gave, gave me chills with that first plucked chord and the shimmery atmosphere it was hanging in. Gold. Moody, brooding bliss. This has some of the most haunting guitar I've ever experienced, particularly in a song of this genre. Thank you for bringing this song back to my memory because this is the mood and it's immensely getting added or immediately getting added to two of my existing playlists. Out of a dream, out of the sky, into my heart, into my life. I've got a note here. This song has the rare magic achieved by a few other songs that I can think of off the top of my head. One of them being Fleetwood Mac's Dreams. These songs sit and stay in two chords for so long that you might wonder if they're even going to do anything else, except you won't be wondering that at all, and once you hear the hear other chords, you won't remember. You can just sit down and lean back on that bass like a lounge chair. 
these types of songs immediately get into your head and encapsulate your whole th- your own thoughts in a shiny watercolor bubble. They're meditative. But here and there, one of the instruments will make a little comment. They'll say, but maybe also, and how about this? Interjecting tiny, tiny comments and questions and asking how you feel about a different perspe- about a different perspective. Have you considered? Great song. Song Sung Blue by Neil Diamond gets a one. Man, I've been waiting to get to review some Neil Diamond on here. We have, esta- we have established that Emo Sean hates Green Day. I can't stand Neil Diamond. All these years, I've yet to hear a song of his that I would not rather hear sung by someone else, and I've heard far too many of his songs that I would love to never hear again. But thanks to this experimental podcast, I have given him another chance. By which I mean another listen without immediately throwing that fish back. And thanks to your host, I have finally heard a Neil Diamond song that I don't hate. This is not that song. Anyone who's new here, go back and listen to episode 12 uh, with Thank the Lord for the Nighttime. That was a good song. Would I still rather hear someone else do it than Neil Diamond? Yes. Yes, I would. But looking past Neil Diamond's vocals and taking a look at the actual song here, was this supposed to be ironic in some way? Or is this really how he feels about the blues? I know Neil Diamond is not talking about blues music here. He's talking about the blues. But to me, they're inseparable. So I'm going to talk about that for a second. He sings, before you know it, get to feeling good. You simply got no choice. He sings, you sing them out again. That could be interpreted different ways. But to me, when you pair it with the actual sound of the song, it sounds more like, that scene from Singing in the Rain. Listen to this. I can't separate what he's singing from what he's saying. And together, it sounds like he's saying you sing it, you get it out of your system, then you feel better. Maybe. But that's not how I experience the blues. And it's not how I want to experience the blues. The blues reaches in and grabs your innards in a stranglehold. Taking Neil's advice might get you out of it, and it might not. That blues might never let go. But now, talking about blues music, when you play it, when you sing it, this is when the blues gets you in a stranglehold and drags you out into the street to dance with it. Like Neil said, sing them out again. But in blues, you scream with it, and it screams with you. Blues can and does happen in any style, but I've said this before, the real stuff transcends. This one doesn't do it for me. Iron Maiden gets a three for The Prisoner. Not a prisoner. I'm a free man. I'm not a number. I'm a free man. I know where I'm going. Out. The song takes a triumphant turn. They did They did that so well. Props. I love the lyrics. They brought real joy into that. Ha ha. This is definitely a bag. It just isn't my bag at this moment. But even in this moment, it's making me want to turn around and upvote it. That It's that good. I would love to abstain and defer y'all's votes, but... Because I know because I know the following is strong. For this reason, I'm ranking it a three. Okay, and next up we have a new member. Uh, well, he's been on the Council of Learning Elders for a little while, uh, but this is his first uh, review. His name is James Granger. Known him for, gosh, almost 30 years. Um, gives facing the crowd a five. Great song, a little departure from typical Petty songs. Can really hear the Jeff Lynn influence. Gives Bohemian Rhapsody a four. Yes, it's overplayed. 
And yes, it is a masterpiece. Uh, the Prisoner gets a three. Clive Burr's drumming on this was so good. Rest in peace. And then Songs on Blue gets a two. My mom is rolling over in her grave because I didn't make this number one. In his day, one of the best concerts I've been to. And then bringing up the rear, keeping a small town. Not really a country country fan and really hate the multimillionaire country singer trying to tell me how average he is. Okay, thanks for that. All right, now let's move on to our challenger poll. Yesterday we had... uh, or to replace, coming into, uh, typically it would be replacing um, who the loser is, but, uh, or yesterday's loser. I'm getting confused myself. Um, yesterday we got, we didn't get rid of it, but uh, but it got a one, and that was, gosh, I got to look at my old rat salad, okay? So I gave, I gave rat salad a one yesterday. Uh, but it stays on the list because uh, we still have some Eagle songs to purge. Um, if you don't understand why I'm purging the Eagles, go back a couple episodes. I forget which episode I, I explain it on, but I explain uh, what happened there. Um, so we had Eric Clapton, Tears in Heaven, Dream Theater, Surrounded, and Bruce Springsteen, the East, East Street Band with Rosalita. And Eric Clapton was the big winner. Um, it was it was, uh, it was was a pretty, pretty good margin. Um, so we're going to put Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton on the list. All right. And I am hoping to see Dream Theater and Bruce back on the list at some point. All right. Okay. So uh, how did I come down on this? Or where did the Coleslaw Slaw Congress come down on it? All right. So across the polls... Uh, you total everything up and we had, you know, we had Emo Sean and Artillo as usual. We had coach Josh, we had Joel, we had Dominic coming in with a counselor learned letters, uh, learned elders vote. Coach Ward is on this time. We got the Colonel. Okay. We got some heavy hitters voting here on the council of learned, learned elders and the Granger as, as well. Um, they came in big for, Facing the crowd, wait, I'm sorry, Bohemian Rhapsody uh, was the big winner, but a close second was a facing the crowd, and then third you had the prisoner, and then Songs on Blue and Keeping a Small Town coming in the rear. Um, and then over at the Sensatorial Layman and Women poll, we had Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, Bohemian Rhapsody got got the um, got the uh, the five default points for not being on the list and their winner was uh the prisoner and then they had a three-way tie for last on the other other three songs so the big winner across the polls would be bohemian rhapsody coming in second to face in the crowd and then we got the prisoner and prisoner songs on blue and keeping a small town so how am i going to rank these I'm going to go with Bohemian Rhapsody with the top spot. Okay, there's no denying um, that it's a an epic, uh, all-time great song, and it holds up. Right, it it you know you, if you just wait 20 years, someone's going to make a movie and it's going to feature prominently. So um, I don't think it even took 20 years for Wayne's World. I think uh, when the song come out in '76 and then. You know, Wayne's World came out in 92, so it wasn't exactly 20 years. But, um, 
yeah, I mean it it, it really uh it really captures the uh you know the the spirit of prog rock and you know all these it, it's a genre mixture. It's it's kind of like a, a modern day Elvis you know alchemy really. And it, it and it works, you know, it, it just works. It just does. And um so it, it it can get overplayed. Don't don't get me wrong. I absolutely agree that it can get overplayed. Uh, but that's that again. That's one of the reasons why I'm making a one thousand song list. Okay. Now, just real quick, if if you make a a, a list with that, I don't even know if Spotify will let you make a song a list that big. It probably will. Um, I haven't tested the limits of its of its uh, playlist capacity, but. Uh, it will, but if you if you hit the little uh, shuffle button and have it shuffle the songs, now you're at the mercy of Spotify's algorithm, and it's going to uh, play the songs it thinks you like. All right, and it's probably right. It's just like you know, it'll it'll play the same songs over and over again, and you'll and you'll be like, why is it playing this? And it'll you'll have the same feeling. You used to have when you listen to top 40 radio or even, you know, even album oriented radio where oh, they play the same songs all the time. You know, um, that's what Spotify will do to you if you hit the little shuffle button. But if you have a 1000 song playlist and you and you started at the top and you, you know, you let it go in order, um, you know, you're going to hear, you know, it, it, it it's going to seem fresh right when Bohemian Rhapsody comes back up again. Because you will hear, you have heard a bunch of stuff that maybe you don't hear over and over again. All right. So anyway, this, I like you know this is an experiment, but I I think that's the way it's going to work. Okay. Uh, then I gave uh, the prisoner Iron Maiden uh, a solid four. Um, yeah, that 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 intro coming out of the little spoken you know the little uh, TV show dialogue that that drum comes in and that riff is just it's a cinder block to your brain and then uh what a great sing-along chorus you know and it's a great sentiment too okay especially these days well any any time i mean you know no chronological bias here but uh you know people feel like this all the time they feel like they're a number they feel like they're a kind of a prisoner and uh it's just a great cathartic uh anthem to sing out um, I can't, I'm trying to remember if they played it <clears throat> when I saw them live years ago, and I can't remember if they did. But if they did, I'm sure I was belting that out. Uh, third place, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give Neil Diamond songs. Sorry, Artillo, but I I like this song. I the uh, the blues uh, that Artillo feels <laughs> and listens to. You know, I grew up in the Mississippi Delta. The blues were literally everywhere. And that's where the blues came from, and and nobody knows the blues like a, like a like a river rat, like a little delta rat, trailer park children, um, uh, the mud and the the mosquitoes and the the humidity and the the biting cold rain and the the bleakness. And you go there in the summer and the spring, and it's nice and green. And then you wait until you wait until January after Christmas. And, and it's just this this gray, bleak, barren place. 
And uh, that's that's the blues for me. Um, Neil Diamond is writing a, a ditty. <laughs> he's he's you know he's this New York Jewish guy who uh, goes to L.A. and and starts writing songs for people, and he writes this one for himself. And um, you know, I dig it. <laughs> I like I like the part where you know the the background vocalists come in and he sings song, and then they come in and song. You know, they alternate back and forth. I like that. It reminds me of uh, days of innocence and in, you know, when you're in school, which I hated, but there were, you know, there were moments in elementary school where it wasn't so bad. And sometimes when the music teacher would come in and she would play a little song that was really catchy and, you know, you, you're, you forget about all the nonsense and you start, you know, singing along with it. That's how I feel when I, when I hear songs on blue. Um, and then I will give uh, two points to A Face in the Crowd. It's not my favorite Tom Petty song. It's it's probably not even in my top ten. But that's the, that's the the magic of Tom Petty. I mean, even his his mid level stuff is great. You know, it's awesome. And that's a I, I agree with Artillo on that one. I can groove with that song. Um, and just kind of, it, it's a, it's something that you, you know, I love to sit out on my porch and read and have, you know, I, I'm one of those people that likes to have music on when they read. And, uh, and sometimes I'll just sit there and stare, you know, <laughs> especially, you know, when it gets warm and the, the, the trees start to leaf again and, and, uh, the birds are out there. We get a lot of birds and I, I'll just sit there and listen to the music and stare and I'll be perfectly happy. Um, and then bringing up the rear, keeping it small town. Um, I, I still like that song. Uh, it's just not gonna, it's not gonna do well on a list like this. Um, uh, I've said it many times. I grew up hating country music and once I got into it, once I, once I made my peace with it, um, you know, I can handle a, a Jason Aldean. I watched, uh, he, they did a, um, behind the music, uh, you know, behind the music, did some newer episodes a few years ago and uh they did one on him and they covered the the Mandalay Bay shooting and all that and uh you know I I I you know I got to disagree a little bit with with Granger on that one um I don't know if Jason Aldean is is one of those multi-millionaire I mean that album that this song was on only sold maybe a quarter of a million records um you know I'm sure he's doing fine I'm sure he's you know he's very well off um, but, uh, you know, he didn't grow up that way. <laughs> he was, you know, he was a, um, you know, poor kid. I don't know how poor he was, but I, I I'm just trying to remember from the documentary from the behind the music uh, thing. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate the country artists that write heartfelt songs about small towns and, you know, I mean, by the time John Cougar Mellencamp wrote the song "Small Town" on the uh, on the "Rain on the Scarecrow" or on the Scarecrow album, he was already a gajillionaire. Um, so, you know, it's it's just uh, you know my opinion. I I I like it. I I like I like the country. You know, it, it gets lampooned a lot, especially when they. Um, I think who's, who, there's one country artist that he's, he's really, uh, he'll throw the troops in just randomly, you know, he'll be singing about something and then the troops, you know, um, <laughs> but I, I appreciate that it's corny, I guess. And maybe, 
maybe some of you think it's uh, cynical, uh, and it may be, but but uh, I appreciate it nonetheless. All right, so that's that's that. That's song battle number twenty eight. Our next challenger poll to get on. You know, we've I don't know how many eagle songs we got left. You can check the the poll at top one thousand radio.blogspot.com and see how many we got uh, left. Uh, they're somewhere down in the 800s below Boston and Aussie, somewhere down there. Uh, so our next challenger poll is going to be Soundgarden, Motley Crue, and Live. All right, you've probably heard of Soundgarden and Motley Crue. Maybe you haven't heard of Soundgarden. you got to have heard of Motley Crue, I would think. Uh, you may not have heard of Live. They were big, oh, she's... 20, 25 years ago. Um, it's hard to believe, but uh, they had they had several good songs. You know, Lightning Crashes, I think, is their biggest one. Um, I'm a, more of a fan of Selling the Drama, I think. Uh, but they had a couple of good ones, so go, look, go listen to those. And then our next so- song battle is going to be interesting. Okay, we've got D, a, a guitar instrumental from Blizzard of Oz, Ozzy's, for, Ozzy's debut uh, solo album. Uh, it's just Randy Rhodes playing acoustic guitar. All right, I threw that in there because I love that little acoustic guitar intro. Or it's not an intro; it's just by itself. We've got Drowning Machine by Tourniquet. Uh, we've got Hey Joe, Jimi Hendrix, Proud Mary, Creedence Clearwater Revival, and the, one of the little anomalies squeaked in. Uh, Aaliyah by Donny Iris. It's a one-hit wonder, and uh, it just happened to come up right after a couple of people. Uh, you know, I think my boy Russ and Coach Ward both suggested that as as to be on the list, and it was it was hanging out down in there. It was like I was going through, you know, uh, making the list weeks you know, about a month ago, and uh, just brute forcing that thing and. Um, and like, I'm I'm doing all the Black Sabbath songs, and all of a sudden, it, you know, oh, I should put uh, Donny Iris and instead of like putting them in a different part of the list because I knew I'd forget. I just went ahead and threw that sucker on there. So, um, so that one's coming up. All right, so that's gonna do it. I am gonna play us out with a song by the Holidays called "The Lines of Time." Okay, the Holidays are a band from way back in the 90s, maybe went back to the 80s, featuring um, my boy, Minnie Mendez. Shout out to Minnie, my partner in music trivia back in the day. We 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 destroyed the teams uh, at the Huntington Beach Library back in the day in the, in the trivia tournament. And, um, and he's been on some of my favorite... Uh, records by the by a band called the acoustic shack and just a great bass player great singer and here is lines of time by the holidays i'm out of here you guys have a good one my mind is clean
shoot up. 